0: to the Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Well, hello there. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right in the heart of Rosewood, this is the Local Bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could be, you have decided to spend some time with us today. We are very grateful for that. How you doing? Local Bar can be found iTunes, iHeartMedia, Spotify. Uh, if you listen to us from uh, the best internet radio station on the planet, PowerCast 97.9, thank you very much. We enjoy being a part of your Tuesdays out there. You can find us at Local Bar Media. Want to shoot something over to the show? Chat at LocalBarMedia.com. Feel free to throw whatever you want to that way. Uh, if you do listen to us on iTunes iHeart or Spotify I ask that you uh, go ahead and hit the subscribe button over there that helps us out a lot and um, if you want to leave a comment we, we we always appreciate this only five star reviews though no one no one wants to see your three star review your one star review nobody wants that uh, if you want to support the show patreon.com local bars where well, you can go to do that so uh, I, I, I I have struggled with this show. I've struggled with this particular show. I um, I I knew I was I knew I was going to do it. I, I knew this show was was coming, but I I didn't know when, and I I had to make sure that my thoughts were in line, and I wasn't just getting on here rambling like I've done before, and uh, because this, this this show deserved the the. the you know there's a justice that this 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 topic deserves and uh I needed to make sure that that my head was right about it so i am um I'm coming to you today because I, I want to tell you i have been struggling with something and i i thought well I, quite honestly i I thought I'd never see uh this this event coming up i I, I never thought it would happen. There was a there was a weird thing where this has always been such a part of me that I just kind of took for granted and figured it would it would always be there. So um, for those of you that don't, that do not know in my in my real job when I'm not um, I'm not by the way a professional podcaster I actually do have other jobs uh, but uh, I've worked in in this. The healthcare market, particularly in senior health, over the past ten years, and um, I, um, I I deal a lot with people that are going through major changes in their in their life uh, due to where they are and in, um, in, in their actual life, like where where what what age they are. Uh, where they where they are physically, where they are mentally. This is something I deal with uh, on a daily basis, and I'm I'm generally pretty comfortable with with it. I've um I've walked a lot of people through uh, some really strange times. Uh, I've watched some families deal with with things, and I am I'm, I'm I'm very cognizant of the fact that when we when we start that, that our lives are always changing, whether we like it or not. But the older we get. There are changes that are going to happen whether we like it or not. <clears throat> I seem to be okay with those. It really, it's, it's weird. When, when life makes you do something and it seems awful, uh, I, I seem to be okay with helping people w- with those. Like, you've got no choice in what life is handing to you. Let me show you your choices and how to deal with it i'm just very comfortable with that I, I i never thought that i would be um for the longest time i really struggled with death i i I've talked about uh my my grandfather uh, a few weeks ago the first grandparent that i had was was one of the first times i had <clears throat> excuse me i had to deal with death <clears throat> wow this is a professional th- this is what professional podcasters do most of them aren't up at five o'clock in the morning recording shows either, though. Those fools, <laughs> those professional guys, don't have to go to a job later on today. They're not, they're not, they're not sipping coffee. If they are, they've got whiskey in it. Yeah, one of these days. Mm. But um, getting back to what I was saying, I, I, with my with my grandfather's death, it was I, I'd seen death before. But this was the first time it was, yeah. Th- this life has run its course. It's going to do that, Chad. And I, man, I struggled. Oh my gosh, I, I, I struggled with it. Um, because of what I do in my work, I've gotten to where I have understood it a little bit better now. Uh, at least as much as any of us really do. Um, I have. Um. I have walked with families. Um, I have watched the the actual caregivers, the people that do the work. Uh, I have watched them do amazing things with families uh, through the years, and I've become uh, a lot more comfortable um, with that with that setting. That is not what I'm going to talk about today, though. <clears throat> no, I'm talking about when we get to make a decision, when we get to choose to make a a large leap a vast change in our lives and we 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 can do it because we want to not because life is saying you have to and i'm going to tell you man i have (laughs) i have struggled with this more than i thought if uh if you are a new listener to the show thanks for listening um we've we the show sometimes it's just me talking sometimes it's uh, us with interviews uh today you're sitting at the bar with just uh just the bartender here uh i am um a a um a, well i'm a am in sales and i'm in healthcare by choice uh but i am a methodist preacher's kid by birth and my dad is retiring he is retiring here in june 2nd ironically um, I was born, um, June 3rd during, uh, annual It's a big conference the preachers have. Uh, and my dad, my dad is now retiring the day before my, my birthday. Um, uh, it's just kind of weird how it all, all, the major preacher changes happen in June in this state. Uh, but my dad had major life changes too. Uh, and now here he is retiring in June. It's kind of funny how. Now, that 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 month seems to be really the beginning and the this is kind of like our our fiscal year <laughs> it ends and begins in June. So June second, my dad is preaching his last sermon um, at uh, the church that he has been a part of now uh, longer than any other church, uh, Blaine United Methodist uh, down in Merle's Inlet. It's a wonderful church with an amazing congregation uh, who uh, have they have loved my my family. Uh, they've taken such good care of, of my folks, uh, throughout these past years. And, um, and my dad, my dad is walking away from the pulpit, at least the, the proper form of the pulpit on, on June 2nd. It's always so weird. Cause I, I never, I, I thought that dad was just never going to retire. Like I, I, I would tell people that and they would laugh and I was like, I'm not, uh, it's not a joke. Like I. I really thought my dad would be in his 80s preaching some great sermon beating on the pulpit and throwing that Bible in the air and he would he would just be taken with a heart attack by God and he would have just called him home right from the pulpit My dad does not preach like that by the way <laughs> he's Methodist he's not Baptist but um I did I, I thought dad it just it seemed normal to me. When Dad announced his retirement last year, um, I I almost didn't believe it. I, I really thought he's gonna change his mind. He's gonna get halfway through this and he he's gonna change his mind. Now, there there are questions you would ask me, and one of them would be, "Well, did your dad go back and forth on it?" Not to my knowledge, and it's not a question that I, I it's any of my business. So I haven't asked him. Um but it seems like when he made the decision to retire he was full on about it, it that was it now he he may have hemmed in hall with it within his own mind i don't know what conversations he and my mom had but um but yeah he he decided to hang it up and he's he has he has been absolutely okay with it from anything that i've i've seen it uh it's amazing. It's amazing how hard it hit me. Like I, I heard Dad's retiring. I'm like, but why? Like, like Dad preaches. So my dad preaches at one of the one of the most beautiful churches you've ever seen. It is, it is probably the grounds. It's it's one of the it's one of the prettiest grounds of a church you've ever seen. It's right on the inlet. The doors. Do not open up to the main street. That's the back of the church. The front of the church faces the inlet. When you come out of those doors, you see the old trees. There's a cross down right by the um, the the wall of the uh, the seawall that's there. If you're a welding a family uh, fan, that that is where Maria and I were married. Um, and then the the inlet is right behind you. The ocean's just a little ways past that. It is it is gorgeous absolutely beautiful. Some of the nicest people um, attend that church. We have family members in that church. Uh, There are folks that have been wonderful friends uh, to my family. There there have been people that have been parts of other churches or had some connections with other places that my parents have been. Um, And they're they're right there. And it it is a wonderful church uh, for them to to, to be a part of. a church that has taken such good care of them, you know, throughout these, these past few years. And, and, you know, for the, for those who don't know how hard of a worker my dad is, it's almost like, why would you give this up? I mean, you, you get up there, you, you speak for a few minutes once a week, and then you just enjoy the view the rest of the week. What's wrong with you? Yeah. You know? Part of the reason why, when I started trying to process why dad would retire, um, I remembered, um, and the first thing that, that that I always think about my dad when, whenever I discuss with someone what his profession is, the first thing that comes to my mind that, that they probably do not understand is how hard he works. Um, in the line of work that I'm in, I deal with chaplains all the time. I've been told by, um, by, by fellow workers that I'm probably the hardest person on chaplains <laughs> in, in our line of work. And I've, I've worked with some very, very good ones. But I am extremely tough on them. And I I, I know why, because of my dad. Um, I've seen chaplains that are lazy. <clears throat> I mean, I've seen people in all lines of work that are lazy. But I've seen chaplains that are lazy. And it, I think it can be very easy to be lazy as a chaplain. My dad will tell you that it can be very easy to be lazy as a preacher. He absolutely would never do that. My dad was never going to phone it in for a single day. My dad was never going to just just absolutely just mail it in this week. Nope, there's always someone who needs something and um and so yeah so i'm 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 tough on chaplains man i and I know that I am. And yes, I'm putting them up against an unfair comparison because my dad probably is. And there are other preachers that will tell you this. This isn't just his son talking. My dad is probably the hardest working preacher there has ever been in this state. Probably so. I can honestly say that without even batting an eye. He probably is. And just about anybody who has worked with him, other preachers, Oh, there's some other preachers that I'll <laughs> tell you that. Ugh. But yeah, my, um, my dad's a very hard worker. It's, it's weird because for the longest time, I didn't understand my dad's job. He, um, he does work very hard. um, and sometimes I didn't understand why he didn't just take a break for a minute. We've got other things going on. We've got this this trip over here we were talking about taking. Why, why are we leaving later? You know, it's Christmas. We're supposed to be on the road to uh, Grandma and Papa's by now. Why, why are we stopping by here? Just because you live in a parsonage. Doesn't mean you really understand why you do. Um, preachers' kids are, are placed in a situation where we we have to live in a glass house. Everybody has got some opinion on what we're doing. I, I've talked about this on the show before. An example that I've given that's one of my favorites is that there are some ladies in the church one day, I was a, as a teenager, and uh, this lady's like, so I heard uh, you were out with so-and-so last weekend. Yeah, yes, ma'am. We, we went out. Just uh, She's a really nice girl. I, I've got an English class with her. Yeah, but weren't you just over with uh, this young lady at the football game last weekend? Yes, ma'am. I was, oh, hmm. You know, you would think you'd be more careful about that. And then a few minutes later, <laughs> she's talking about her son. She's like, oh, my Travis. He's out with a different girl every week. I just can't keep up with him. He's just the cutest thing. All right, so... Now the double standard is going to go out to the the, who I date. Like, you know, with preacher's kids, there's this anomaly where we're supposed to be the worst kids in town, but then all of a sudden we get into church and we're supposed to be experts on the Bible. And, and we're, we're, we're neither by the way, just so you know, we actually do the same thing your other kids do, but just because we're preacher's kids, there's, there's a light on it. We're supposed to be, you're supposed to have that opinion of us. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it ain't like I didn't push the limits sometimes. But for the most part, yeah, no, I, I wasn't. And if you think I was the worst kid, yeah, you better sit down, Betty June. I got something to tell you about your cute little niece you love so much. <laughs> she was the reason why I was in trouble. <laughs> uh, but th- there's this, this this thing. When you live in the glass house of a parsonage, um, it, it gets to be very annoying. Because not only do people have an opinion of your family, but they, they feel absolutely free to tell you about it. As a kid, that made me very angry. I, I, when I started to understand that my father's uh, job was a life of service to others, it did not mean that my life was open to be your reality show where you you got to judge what my father's work was. Based off of who his family was. I, I, my dad dedicated his life to the church. I did not. And, and there were times that people would want to have a disagreement with my dad. And they would attack his family. Whether they would use me or my sister. But, but more, more often than not, it was mom. And that, that was, that was um, something that made me very angry as a kid. I I didn't, I I wasn't wrong in, in my thought. I wasn't wrong in the position I took with that. But I was wrong to think that it was my place to stand up. I don't know. It was wrong for me to think I was going to change anybody's opinion. Or that by taking that problem head on was going to make it better. Because really, uh, all that people wanted was some kind of reaction out of somebody in the family just to prove that they were right. That's a crappy way to have to live. That's not my dad's fault. That's other people's fault. But for the longest time, you know, I, I think I probably put that on dab. There were times that I didn't understand. Why in the world, why in the world are you dedicating so much to so many other people? They're not doing that. Yeah, yeah, they're coming to the church. They're probably paying a lot of money to the church. Yeah, they spend, they spend a good bit of time there. But they, they aren't dedicating their life to the point of sacrificing other parts of their life, let alone their family. And I I, for the longest time, didn't understand it. the church has always been a part of my life the, uh, let let me let me say that again the church has always been one of the major parts of my life and i don't i don't necessarily mean my faith i'm not talking about that the 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 business of the church the 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 community that surrounded that organization was always a major player in my life whether i was a part of it or not we lived uh, in this little town called Fairfax, South Carolina, for a long time. Then we moved to Travelers Rest. Travelers Rest is not where my dad's career began, but is it is basically where our fa- our family did. Uh, my sister was born the year we moved there, so there it is. There's all four of us, and it was Travelers Rest. Uh, Travelers Rest is a beautiful mountain town here in South Carolina. It is a really cool place to go nowadays. It wasn't it wasn't as cool back then. Uh, There weren't breweries and uh, really cool like hipster places to go. Um, The the Swamp Rabbit Trail that everyone loves hiking was a train track that we played on as a kid, but it's still beautiful. And I lived on Paris Mountain, and it was uh, I went to Gateway Elementary School, first group to ever go kindergarten through fifth grade of that school. Um, I absolutely loved living in that city. We lived in an awesome, amazing neighborhood where I swear everybody had two kids, you knew where everybody was because there's a pile of bicycles in somebody's front yard. You could, you could easily keep up with where your kid was. We all had these very large bells on the back porch of our houses, and our moms would ring them because we'd be somewhere on the mountain playing whenever it was time to come home, and we knew the pitch of everybody's bell. It, I mean, it was crazy. It was a, such a cool way to grow up in such a neat, beautiful town, and we lived right next door to the Buchanan's. The McCannons were um, just our, just a, a part of our family. I've talked about Kevin uh, before on the show. His wife Julie has been on the show. Um, I've mentioned before uh, his uh, mom and dad, uh, Ralph and Ruth, and then their uh, Kevin's sister uh, Lee and his uh, his brother David. And I've I've talked about them on the show. They they were just they they were very good friends. Ralph was my dad's best friend. Ruth was my mom's best friend. They they they. We lived right next door to each other. Kevin and I weren't friends. we were somehow related. Um, still to this day, I, I view it that way. when I, when I think of friends, Kevin, in my mind, sits in a, in a family spot. Um, it's just the, it just it's just there. We had that kind of relationship with him. and it was a, it was a wonderful place to to grow up. And and the situation that I'm dealing with today reminds me a lot of when we were in Travelers Rest. We were there for eight years. My dad and Ralph built a church together. Um, that that community really benefited from uh, not only the two of them individually, but because of their friendship. It, it was it was a wonderful place, and there there were other wonderful folks that was a part of it. But but I'm saying this just from my my view and my perspective. And then, then dad told me one day we were moving. I believed I was going to live in Traveler's Rest forever. It was people whose dads were in sales that moved. It was people whose, whose dads worked in the banking system. They, they moved. Preachers didn't. We were going to be in TR for forever. I had no idea that moving was ever even an option. It was never brought up to me. And here I am at 11 years old hearing that we are going to move. Are you kidding me? And so in uh, 1988, we moved uh, to Florence, South Carolina. Um, One, two, two and a half, three hours away. Might as well have been the other side of the state. Might as well have been the other side of the world, to be quite frank with you. And I was so upset because I didn't understand that, that moving. And it, was, it was the same feeling, just like I had today. Like, this isn't what you do. You, you're supposed to stay here for forever. And uh, here's dad. Here's dad now moving on to, uh, to another chapter in his life away from preaching. And it feels the same way I felt as an 11-year-old kid in Traveler's rest. Like, what? what are you talking about? Like, this doesn't happen. <laughs> you don't you don't retire? We're supposed to stay in Traveler's Rest forever. I had a talk with my dad uh not long ago. We were um we were down there at the beach. It was uh Palm Sunday and uh we we went to this place. My parents are always so nice and they, they take us out to eat after uh after church on Sunday and right usually right before we have to head on back. And we went down, in the place where we go is a little club um, in the community they live in. It's right on the water. It's absolutely beautiful. My sister had her um, reception for a wedding there, and it's this beautiful place right on the river, and uh, Dad and I just kind of found ourselves there to, the, to the side talking, sitting there watching um, my two daughters and my wife just kind of play for a little bit. And we had a really nice discussion. Now, what we talked about in that discussion is none of your business, and I, I will not talk about it. But I, I got, I don't know, I, f- I found some peace with what dad's going through with this decision. And I, I, I understood it a little bit more. As as I said, it's not for me to tell. I I quite frankly I don't want to tell you. It's just something my dad and I I have. It, it, through the next few weeks, he will probably mention some of that subject matter and to, to people that are close with him, and maybe even in a sermon or two, if someone is still looking for a reasoning behind why would he want to step away. But in in that discussion, there there was. There was a, a, a lot of talk about, you know, where he's going, what, what he wants to do, where he feels comfortable with what he's done, but still a desire to do some other things. I think that's part of it. I also believe that he's happy to make the decision on his own. Over the over the past few weeks I've thought about I've thought about a lot of places that we've lived. And, and I've thought about the struggles and the triumphs in each one of those places that, that I knew that my dad has. There's, there's a lot that I don't know. There's a lot that I don't. Um, we were in Florence for four years. We were in this town called Clinton for four years. We, we moved from there. I, I graduated college and left. And, and then my parents and my sister moved to Columbia. Um, and then my sister graduated high school and then went to college. And moved out. And then mom and dad moved to the church there in now, Blaine. And that that church has been the first church that's just been the two of them uh, since the first church they were ever in. And um, and and looking back on all the different churches and all the successes and the bumpy roads and, and, and all that exists there, you can look back and see this tapestry that's been created that is the history of what mom and dad have done in churches, because I understand preachers' wives play a very important role, uh, but particularly what dad has has gone through, and it's there's a question that I haven't asked him, and and I've I've wondered when he went to dedicate his life to this work. And knew that he was going to dedicate his family's life to it. Is that what you thought it would look like when you look back on it? I'm going to say if I ask my dad that question. And the reason I don't ask him is because I know what his answer is. His answer is going to be no. But the reason why my dad's answer is going to be no. Because he's going to look at the painful parts. He's going to look at the the, the negative side of things. He's going to look at the position that he he put my mom, my sister, myself in, and he's going to only focus on that <laughs> because that's what dad does, you know, and he'd be wrong to do it. Um, people have asked me before if I hated growing up as a preacher's kid, and I, I didn't. I, I I absolutely didn't. Mm. Oh, it had its moments. Do Do not get me wrong. <laughs> there are some of you I still hold a grudge against. There, there, there's, there, it, had its, it had its moments and, and it had its frustrating parts, but it made me who I am today. It was, it was part of what made me who I am today. But to be quite frank with you, when I look back on my life as a preacher's kid, whenever we'd move churches, the things I would have to deal with, how I dealt with that is what helped define me as a person. Sometimes I made the wrong choice. Sometimes I made a right one. And in looking back over that tapestry, when I look at how I live my life, no, it ain't the prettiest thing you've ever seen before, but I am uh, I am very thankful for those opportunities. They gave me the chance that, to help me be who I am today. And so in that respect, if I was going to answer the question for my dad, I would say, no, there's no way in the world I would have thought that's what it looked like. And I'm glad because I probably would have made it too easy for myself. One of the, one of the my favorite parts in having these discussions with Dad about what he's going to do and how he feels about, you know, um, doing all this stuff and going through going through this. I, I keep thinking, I, I keep asking him the questions about like you know. How was the last Christmas? How was the last Easter service? And I think because of those are such chaotic times. If you've never heard, my dad and I did an interview on this show. It's like the fourth or fifth one. It may not still be on, it may not still be on the iTunes because they only keep a hundred of them on. But there's there's one that, that dad and I do. I may I may repost it here sometime. And dad talks about Christmas. <laughs> he talks about how chaotic it is. For, for our preacher and how he has to he has to search to find like his time at Christmas because it is just chaotic I, I, I honestly I don't think <laughs> I think this year I was expecting dad to be like man this is tough I know this is my last Christmas <laughs> with Christmas and Easter it's been more like whew, got that one out of the way there there have been other Sundays I think the blessing of the Inlet uh it's a big thing they do down there I think that was a big thing for dad to 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 walk into is his last one that he was never gonna do. But Chris, Chris was more man. Let me get this crap out of the way. But a, as he looks um, back at everything, you know, I, I think that he would have he would have made things too easy, and he he if if given the chance, uh, he wouldn't be able to develop into who he is today. And in these talks, like I was saying, um, he's told me where he's changed. And, and the reason why he has changed and, and found his own growth, um, not just spiritually but, but intellectually and then, you know, with the way he works with other folks and his outlook in, in certain areas has been because of the experiences he's been through. Um, I've seen issues that my dad has changed his mind on. It was a wonderful thing for me to see because as i you know there's this there's this conviction that we feel like we're supposed to have that once we understand what our our grounds are in a certain area we're supposed to always keep those what a ridiculous way to look at personal growth in our lives if you have not changed your opinion on something from your 20s and you're in your 30s then you need to spend some time reflecting on, on what your outlook is in life. You should have at least changed 100 opinions by now. Maybe not that much. You, you should have made some major changes, though. If you haven't, then you haven't learned anything. Good God, if I'm supposed to take the ideals and, and, the, and the understanding that I have at 20, and say that that I now have the core of who I am as a human, and I can march through life as a twenty-year-old who knows everything. Good Lord, no! So to hear Dad say that, to see, you know, your preacher open up about that—that is—it is a wonderful thing because it reminds me, number one, that that all of us can learn something. It it, it reminds me, number two, that I better be learning something. That's the other thing about the Methodist Church, too, by the way, that's, that's, that's I think, very hard for me with this. I just I just said it. I just said I saw my preacher do this. You know, in the Methodist Church, they they move them around a good bit. Uh, it used to be every four years, and then a bunch of young preachers got into buying their own houses and not living in the parsonages, and they, the housing market went bankrupt, and blah, blah, blah. Now all of them complain because they can't sell their house, so they don't move them that much. All you young preachers have it easy. And quite frankly, I actually think you're doing it wrong. You, you need to move around. It, 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 the Methodists do have that part right. Or they did. I don't know that they still do it. But anyway, when I was growing up, we, we'd had, to, like I said, we'd move every about four years, four or five years or so, we'd move. And um. there's something in that, in, in being in those positions, that you have to grow. Anyway, back to my point – a lot of people in the Methodist church have multiple preachers. I've had the same one for 42 years. I've had the same preacher. I, I got to find a new preacher. I mean, even if I was in a different church, I had the same preacher. If, you, if you've been the pastor of a church I've attended, do you not think that everything you have said has gone back to my dad <laughs> to, to be filtered with what his perspective is on the. I have had the same preacher. And now I have. Now I've got to find another one. Hmm. There's a there's a there's a there's an aspect that i have become more aware of the older i get to the job that my dad does that he's he's never talked about i don't and I, and there's no reason for us to talk about it but there is my dad sometimes has to take a position or, st- or stance on something that is different. He leads and guides the church and the people around him. And sometimes that can be very lonely. Sometimes you really have to spend a lot of time in reflection, meditation, prayer, whatever it is that we do to to find the answer that in a situation that may not be very popular. My dad wants people to be happy. But my dad isn't a preacher just to make people feel good. He wants them to be happy because they're doing things the way that they should. My dad will use a term, I um, mean, he always used it about growing up, about how you can never please everybody. And it took me a long time to realize that it, dad wasn't saying that because it was impossible to go out there and make everybody like you. Dad was saying very matter-of-factly, you're not going to, don't make it a priority. But there's a loneliness in that sometimes because there have been times my dad has had to make decisions that no one liked. And looking back on them, some of them are the right ones. Quite frankly, I'm I'm only saying that because I don't really know. The ones I know about, they were the right ones. I'm just saying, law of averages. I'm sure there's one that Dad's like, yeah, I should I shouldn't have done that one, but but they they really were, and it's and it's and it's really tough. I've I've had to make, um, we all have to make um, treks through loneliness. There are times that we walk in our lives that are very lonely, and they won't be the last ones. We'll we'll, we'll go through them. I see them. Uh, young kids in high school that go through something and they're, they're by themselves. You see, um, you know, young kids that may lose a parent. You go through those weird college years and then you're out on your own. The first time you kind of feel lonely on your own, but you're supposed to. I went through my divorce, man. And then with the work that I do now, people whose partners have been with them for forever. Suddenly they find themselves walking by themselves. I remember watching my grandmothers go through that. It's very strange to see people that are that are that rock solid go through very lonely times. There's a part of me that feels like my dad is going to go through that to some respect because the church has always been there for him as well. Not in some charity case kind of way <laughs> where like dad's got somebody that needs him. But it has been there for him. He and my mom will tell you about wonderful people that have helped them through some incredible times. And it's not just always the Hall of Famers that we talk about, like the McCannons and Ralph and Ruth and, and all that. No, it's, it's, it's other folks too. A lot of people. And I think about when dad's made decisions before and been lonely in making those decisions, but he was doing it for the church, now, almost like a parent saying goodbye to his kid going to college, dad is, is letting the church go off on its own again, and that that nest, in another way, will be empty again. The thing that my dad has poured his life into more than anything else. It will still continue on. That church will live on. It will thrive. It will, someone will come in and do a wonderful job with it. But that peace won't be there. I I don't know why I have been. It's reminded me of this story that I heard uh, a long time ago. This is a Polish uh, uh, piano player. Um, Pedruski was his last name. It's for Ign Ignance? something like that. But anyways, his name was Pedruski. and he, there's a story about him. He was scheduled to perform, um, up in, uh, Pennsylvania somewhere. I think either, I think Philadelphia, probably not Pittsburgh. I don't think they're very cultured there. I don't think they are in Philly either. That's right. Philly fans, even though it's not football season, I'm still throwing it at you. Um, the the audience kind of came in they were all sitting down and there's this little boy who got away from his mom and dad and uh went down the aisle and got up on the stage and the the there was a spotlight just sitting there um on the piano the lights were kind of off on the side of the stage and the spotlight was just on the piano so when you walked in that that's what you saw there was no curtain um and the the little kid got up there and he's you know just enamored with this piano. So he walked up, like kids do, if you have a piano in your house and the kids see it, they're going to go play it. So he walked over on, and got on the piano bench and, <laughs> and started playing Chopsticks. Now, the way I've heard the story, he was kind of playing his version of Chopsticks. <laughs> it wasn't great, but he kept playing. Well... I. I don't know how often you go to the opera or go to hear concert pianists play. They're not generally kid-friendly places, so I'm sure that this mom who wanted her child to get this culture was suddenly feeling very stupid (laughs) for bringing her kid in there. And I'm sure these people are like, E.g.ad, what is that child doing here? Who brought that creature in here? And, And apparently everybody was just kind of a little floored. Where's the child's mom? I'm sure that I'm sure that was said quite a bit. Um off stage Padrewski had heard the commotion and so he looked out and saw the boy on the piano. And he walked out on stage and the, and the way I've heard the story like he walked very upright, very slowly. In my mind he was probably like goose stepping on his way out there. And uh he got behind the boy and leaned over and began to start playing a melody around the the tune that the boy was playing. And the, and the boy kind of like turned around and saw him and stopped. And uh, from the account that I've heard, he looked at me and said, don't stop, keep going. Don't quit, I'll be right here behind you the whole time. And there's something to that story that, that makes me think about dad's relationship with his boss. I think that's the most beautiful thing about the tapestry that I've seen, um, of my dad's work, of my dad and my mom's work. But but I'm, it, it's that man's retirement. My mom was retired before. <laughs> this is this is dad's moment. There's something beautiful in in seeing that. And and I think in all the different ways, when dad's had to be a leader, when he's had to make tough decisions, when he's had to sacrifice family time, there's a part of that that because I know who my dad is, that there was someone telling him to not stop, to keep going. I'm right here the whole time. I've spoken before of the conviction that my um, my mom's uh, stepfather, my, my grandfather has had um, he there was a there was a certain conviction he had in the church and it was it was born out of a moment he had in World War Two. It's a story for another day, but just understand it was a very strong. I never saw doubt in his eyes. I've seen my dad struggle with doubt, not in the faith that he has or what he was teaching, but am I going to be able to do this correctly? Is this going to work out fine? My, My dad will mention regrets a lot. Um, which is funny because he says it as if the rest of us don't have them. Like, you know, his dad and I had very long conversations about regrets. I have them as well. You know, that song, you know, My Way, you know, Regrets, I've had a few. Dude, I've had more than a few. You know, come on. But it It is a wonderful thing when you look and you see I don't want to say proof, but I can look at the tapestry of my dad's work and and I know where someone's been walking with him it's a it's a neat thing to behold. It's very comforting to see. I'm glad my dad gets to retire. Because I think about all the people that didn't. Debt. Debt. He doesn't get. he, He doesn't get to sit around with Tim Burnett. He and Steve Snipes aren't going to be you know having beers. He he and Ralph aren't going to be on that back porch enjoying the stories of whatever it is they want to talk about with old Milwaukee and Ralph's cut-off jean shorts. I, that, that that's not that's not going to be what dad gets to have, those guys didn't get to have theirs. But he he gets to. He gets to say, you know what? I've done a good job, and I've done it long enough, and it's time for someone else to do this and me to do something else. If there's, there's a, if you if you've never been a member of my dad's church, then you you may not know this, but at the beginning of every show. Uh, of all the places you could be, you've decided to spend some moments with us today. For that, we're very grateful. That is how my dad opens service in his church. That is why I say that. There's another phrase that my dad uses all the time too. I, you know, actually, I don't know that he still does. I, I've been I've been listening. I don't think he does it all the time. Actually, other preachers sometimes do this, but before they take up an offering, my dad would always say uh not because we have to but because we want to it's a very very sly sales technique of dad's no you don't have to do this you you want to give your money to the church it's i mean it's, it's brilliant what do you think about it i think that's what's great about this is it's not because dad has to because he wants to I, I, I love that part of this. So dad will get into a bunch of other stuff, you know, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I do have the worries that anybody else has. You you worry that as soon as someone retires, they don't do as much. They, they kind of, uh, they kind of all of a sudden get older. Quite frankly, if dad wanted to rest a little bit, he damn well deserves it. But I also know that's not really his nature. His hand's going to be in something. He's he's probably already got it planned out. He, my dad does keep secrets pretty well. Um, but I'm sure he's already got something planned out. I know one thing. He's going to be spending a lot more time with his granddaughters. He's got two of them that are moving down there, too. So uh, I know he's going to be really happy about that. That man loves his granddaughters. There's no doubt about that. But I'm glad that he gets to do this because he wants to do it. And not because he's worn out either. It's just time. It's brilliant that my dad has been so lucky to have the amazing churches that he's been a part of. The good ones, the hard ones, the ones he's struggled with. And he's been able to get to this moment because he's had the opportunity to live to this moment. A lot of his friends haven't. And he gets to spend that time with his wife and his family. He can't get the time back. He's not asking for that, though. He gave that to you. He did. And, man, I can appreciate it now like I never could growing up. I really appreciate it now. Especially because now I got to go freaking find a new preacher. I'm not ready for my dad to retire I'm not I'm, I'm not ready for it I, I'm going to struggle up to the first Sunday I know he is not preaching but I'm so very thankful so thankful that he gets to do it that he gets to do it the way he wants to because that man deserves it. Maybe my dad has had regrets. Maybe things haven't gone the way he's wanted to every time. But he's gotten himself, my mom, our family, his community, his church, his faith. He's gotten them through every So it's time. If he says it's time, then man, it is time. I probably won't have it the way my dad did. It's probably not going to go that way for me. So there's a part of me that's enjoying this with him as well. It is wonderful to see someone be able to get to the end of this labor to say they're thankful for it and move on. Not because he has to, but because he wants to. That that is something that I'm amazed by and something that I am very proud of him for. So, June 2nd, my dad's going to get out there and preach the greatest sermon that he will ever preach. You better go see it. (laughs) He's going to be pissed if he hears that I said that. No, I'm not going to build that up. You know what? That sermon for his, of his, that is his to be his. It can be whatever, it could be the worst sermon he's ever preached. He's allowed to say whatever he wants to. But you know, in a way, I don't really feel like it's his last one. My dad will preach from different pulpits. My dad's ministry will go on in a different way. Oh, not the way that we want it to, not the way we expect it, not the way that we've seen, not the way that we've used up, not the way we've taken advantage of, all those things that we've done. No, it won't be those sermons from that pulpit with that stole and doctoral robe on. No, it, it'll be in his own way. My dad's ministry will go on. There is always another sermon to preach in some shape, form, or fashion. There's no doubt that my dad is probably the greatest preacher that's there's ever been in this state. There's Seriously, there's no doubt that he is one of the greatest ones. And you can see it in the lives that he's touched. But I can also see it in the man that he is. That's how you do a retirement. Man, that's how you that's how you do a career. There's almost a part of me that's like, yeah, you bet you better quit now. It's not gonna get better than this man. You're only, gonna, you're only gonna make it worse. Get out now. No. No, all kidding aside, it's it's a wonderful, beautiful thing to be a part of, to see. But man. In a way, I'm certainly going to miss it. Not just his sermons, but that connection with the church. Something that for the longest time, I didn't really know how I felt about it. I can't imagine what he's going through with it. But I know this. He's happy. He's at peace. And mom's going to keep him busy whether he likes it or not. I'm very proud of my dad. I'm excited to hear, since he gets the last word on all this jazz, what he's got to say about it. But more than anything, I am so thankful that from the perspective that I have of someone who has lived in and out of the glass house that I can look back on the tapestry that is my dad's work and say that I'm thankful. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab, but if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. Hey, yeah, we will see you next week. By the way... Keep an eye out on the Facebook page. We're going to have a guest next week, and we are going to need your help in one way, uh, some shape, form, or fashion. Please keep an eye out for that. Happy retirement, Dad. Until next week, take care. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com.